Hey, this is Brian Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. Brought to you by Pariah Pickups. Handcrafting awesome guitar pickups all the way down in Detroit, Rock City. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. I also wanted to give a shout out once again to my pal Alex Hewart of the Release Day Music Documentary Series. He does great work. I highly recommend it. Check it out at releasedayseries.com. All right, my guest this week joins me from New Jersey. He is drummer Dave Leto of Rye Coalition. The story of his band is told in the documentary entitled Rye Coalition, the story of the Hard Luck Five. And after listening to our chat, you'll know why people called his band the Hard Luck Five. Check it out. So Dave, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time, first of all. Of course. You know, the story of your band, Rye Coalition, is a pretty interesting one. So you released a demo in 1994. It attracted some attention. You built up a following. Your third record on top attracts some major label attention around 2003. And then you decide to sign with DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. So Dave Gruel is the guy who's tapped to produce your record. So life is good. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's all bells and whistles from there on. <laughs> uh, until. So, so we think. And then DreamWorks purchased by Universal. Yeah. So now all of the DreamWorks artists at this time are assigned to either Geffen Records or Interscope Records. Correct. Now you were, you were assigned to Interscope. We were on both. We were on three labels in one day, actually. Oh, <laughs> that's a cool stat weird it was just such a weird time you know like the weirdest time in me like maybe if we finished our album like five months earlier mm -hmm. there might have been a difference yeah but that like that little moment in time was like killed music you know that's such a shame you'd recorded the record with dave Grohl. dave Grohl turned out to be a fan of yours he was at the top of your list as producers that you wanted yeah yeah like we sent him some stuff and he was super into it he flew out here and met us and was like you know, we, we got along like super well and he was like, let's, let's do this. You know, like we'll go to the studio where Nirvana recorded Nevermind and he would Mac record rumors. Oh, wow. Sound City. We were like, and it's also, I mean, besides all of that, it's where they shoot the music scenes from Boogie Nights. Oh, I didn't know that. That kind of, you know, made it all <laughs> work well for me. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, we did everything with him, yeah. So you, you complete the record. It would later be called Curses, right? Correct. Okay. And then what happens after that? He fought for us a lot with like like Jimmy Iovine and stuff. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. These guys live are unreal. They're like a band that will continue to be really great because their live show is so good. And Jimmy just wanted like, he wanted like a Dirty Deeds done cheap. Like he's mm -hmm. like, they sound like ACDC. Make them write an ACDC hit. Yeah. So like they made us start writing songs and we just started like we actually took dirty deeds and just like wrote it backwards <laughs> just to like <laughs> fuck with them and see what they said yeah and they were like we're done we're done here so our lawyer somehow got us our album back for free yeah and we just put it out with our friend who put out our other album okay yeah on a, a jersey indie label is that right yeah Gern blanston yeah 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 so so while all that was going on dave Grohl and the foo fighters took you out on tour right yeah, yeah, totally. We went to Europe with them for like a month or so. Or, yeah. And then we played like uh, Atlantic City with them and like Las Vegas. Like, wow. Just, you know, some cool stuff. 
Yeah, super fun. <laughs> That's great. So now this whole story is documented in a movie. It's called the, the Story of the Hard Luck Five. Correct. Correct. Yeah, our friend Jenny made that footage from that, like we filmed from like childhood, you know? Oh. Yeah. Like we just kept filming since we started being a band till later. Yeah. For no reason. Literally no reason. Yeah. So that came out in 2014. Mm, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. The story of the Hard Luck Five. Mm-hmm. So now Curses is also available. Yeah, on CD only. Yes. We're trying to get a record pressed soon, maybe. So what's, what's the current status of Rye Coalition? Um, I mean, we were playing like once or twice a year, usually in Jersey City, you know. Yeah. I think once this is over, we'll, like the you know, pandemic stuff, we'll start playing again. Oh, great. Good. Yeah, like do something new. I mean, there's no real way to be a band anymore, you know, so we'll just do it on our own terms. If we write music, put it on SoundCloud, whatever, who cares? That's a good attitude, man. I mean, who cares anymore? We're all old. (laughs) (laughs) You're never too old. Never too old, Dave. True. You're right. You're right. All right, listen, so you've got a great little list of tunes here. These are all, you know what I love about this list? Okay. I, I mean, I've forgotten maybe three or four of them, but I remember some of them. I got them all right here. This is so great. What I love about it is that I'm a deep cuts person. I, I gravitate to the deep cuts, and these are deep, deep cuts. I mean, the Pixies one, not so much, but yeah. Right. Except the first four definitely are, though. Some of these are, you know, number four here that we're going to get to. I'm not going to give it away, but this is like, people forget about this stuff. This is really cool. We're going to start with Neil Young, Birds. Right. I mean, maybe one of the fattest breakup songs of all time. Yes. So much emotion. Heartbreaking. That song is like, you just feel whatever he's feeling. Like, you want to know what happened and how he did that. Yeah. Like, how did you write that song? You you know what I love about Neil is that he just gets right to the point. Birds is like two minutes and something, whatever, right? Yeah, super short. Needle in the dam is done till the morning comes. He just gets right to it. I love that. But then, like, I love, like, the Cortez the Killers and the Nine Minute Ragers. But, yeah, like, a song like Birds doesn't need to be more than two minutes at no, all. No, I think that actually strengthens the emphasis of it, to be honest. Of course. It's like, it's, it's just like a, sh- it's like being shot in the heart. Yeah. Prince, super deep cut, the beautiful ones. Yeah. How do you even explain that song? <laughs> like, it's the, it's almost like his birds. It's just like... You want him or you want me? You know? Yeah. The the build of it is just like, you know, it just starts from nothing and and just escalates into like screaming madness. Mm-hmm. But still yet a ballad, you know. It's probably my favorite song because Oh yeah? Yeah, I I'd say so. Donny Hathaway, jealous guy. So I have two stories about this. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> well there's one is just like we used to go to record store all the time and like the guy would just play songs, you know, and then like he just put that 45 on, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like I was younger, I was probably like 16, 17, mm-hmm. and I was like, what is this? Like this is un, like this is a great version. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's Donny Hathaway. Here, you want it for a dollar? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then like I would DJ, and then like people would be like, who is this? You know, like no one, like it's not a really a big, I don't know if it's a hit or whatever, but um, I always had like weird reservations about people covering Beatles songs or, you know, whatever ton of Beatles songs, but like mm-hmm. there's rare, there's rare moments where someone does a song better than someone in the Beatles. Yeah. And I think that's what, 
it's interesting. There's an interesting flavor to it. He's a soul guy, but there's kind of a little ragtimey piano in there, right? Sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's really interesting. I see a lot of him in, like, you know, like, Anderson Bach, though I, I like him a lot. I'm like, they have a similar, like, just this vibe of, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. But, like, his jealous guy seems so much sadder than John Lennon's, mm-hmm. you know? And also his, like, demise, which is still, like, did he kill himself? Did he get pushed off of a balcony? You know. That's a sad story. Yeah, totally. They say that he was found outside his hotel. His window had been removed. Oh. Yeah. God. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they found him on the street. So maybe he did do it. <laughs> well, he, he, he was also a paranoid schizophrenic, Dave. I don't know if you knew that. He, I didn't know that. He, no, no, no. He really, really struggled. Yeah. But I mean, that's why you can hear that in his voice. It just sounds, he just sounds tortured. Yes. And I, I always lean towards that. with picking song when you say that, like, you know, what's the word you use? Shiver your bones? <laughs> the, the songs that make your skin vibrate. Skin vibrate, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think about. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people have covered this song. Um, my favorite cover of this tune is one that you might like, too. It's by a band called Hooray for the Riff Raff. Okay, I've never heard it. So, you know, check it out. Have a look if you're on Spotify or Apple Music. It's Jealous Guy. Uh, Jealous Guy by, yes, Hooray for the Riff Raff. And it's, um, it's just really raw. Like, it's stripped down. Uh-huh. I think you might like it. Let me know. I'll check it out. Yeah. The only other, just aside for the pen and all that, mm-hmm. the Breeders version of the Beatles cover they do on their first album, Happiness is a Warm Gun. I think that that, is a better version than the Beatles version. Oh, really? Eh? I don't know. There's just something about it. Like maybe it was like the like how old I was when I heard it and the production of it and all of that. I just think like Kim Deal kind of murdered that that version. But anyway, that's not on my list. That White Album record is just so strong. I love that whole thing, and that's one of the one of the better tracks in my mind. Happiness is a warm gun. Yeah, and the Breeders version is just like top notch. Yeah. Uh, this next selection is so great. So this is okay, like a, what was it? a super deep cut. It was the, it was the Rolling Stones. She smiled sweetly. Oh my God. Yeah. This goes way back. This is like 67. I think this was on between the buttons. It's on between the buttons. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about this one. Uh, I mean, I just like had all the Stones albums, like for my parents, whatever. And like, you know, threw some on, but that, that song just kind of like stuck out to me all the time. Cause it was like. It's nothing like any of their songs, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like like I said, I usually go lean towards the more, like, tortured, sad, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is just, like, a beautiful, pretty song, yeah. you know? And just lately I've been listening to it a lot. I'm like, oh, yeah, that song is it's beautiful, you know? Like, and Rolling Stones are known for, like, beautiful songs. That's right. They're just, like, bar band, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. It, it's, it's a unique song for the Stones. That organ is, um, yeah, right? Everything about that song is perfect. Like, they're sloppy as hell. But it's just, Mick is just like, I don't know, sincere, maybe? Yeah. For the first time? <laughs> you know, it's not just all, like, machismo, like, rock strutting and a love song itch. You know, like, who's he writing about? I don't know. Maybe it's a cover. I don't even know. I don't think that's, uh, I think that is a cover. I could be right. wrong it about that. it might be a cover. I think yeah, it- I think you're right. I think it might be. That was a time, Dave, when you know they did cover a lot of songs. This was like, of course, they covered tons of stuff, and that's an old album. Yeah. So yeah, you're probably right. But I just, 
a great version nonetheless. Yeah, no question. The funny thing about Between the Buttons is that the U.S. version and the, the Canadian version also contained Ruby Tuesday. And I think really? let's, let's spend the night together. But the U.K. version did not for some reason. Oh, weird. So it's almost like a, a weird kind of non-hit record in the U.K. Like, why would you take those two gigantic songs out there? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've never I've never known the reason for that. It's very strange. Yeah. There's a lot of differences between the UK and the US releases, like Flowers came out here and uh, right. Satanic Request came out there. Really odd. And like, also, I'm not like the biggest Rolling Stones fan. Like, I like them, I, you know, just fine. But that song just like, it strikes a nerve. Well, they, they've just had such a, a lengthy, varied career. Right? Yeah, like, so much. Yeah. So much. Those four records you know, beginning with um, Beggar's Banquet to Exile. Mm -hmm. like, that was such a great run for them. And then there was this period, just the pre-psychedelic period and Tattoo You, Some Girls, like there's lots to choose from. To just transform yourself, to adapt to whatever's happening. Yeah. It's insane. It's like yeah. only a few people have done that. Bowie, Madonna, Michael Jackson, you know, Prince. Yeah. Not many have done that. No, you know, that's a sign of a true performer, you know? Yeah. And a I, legacy artist. Absolutely. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, this next tune, your last one here, is uh, The Pixies. I love this song. Yeah. Where is my mind? It's just, just an amazing song. Like, you know, you used to listen to it when, like, we were super, all super into The Pixies, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then, like, it came on, like, this is like this is the long, the short version. Mm -hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I had Lyme disease. And oh, when you wow. have Lyme disease, the they give you this crazy, crazy um, antibiotic, right? That makes you like nauseous, like you throw up a lot and like you can't be in the sun and like all this crazy shit. I'm good. Like I'm totally like, as good as you can be. Good. But we, we played in Asbury Park that day in the sun. Oh. And I was like, oh shit. So like I, <laughs> I like kind of, you know, I kind of like stayed in the shade. Mm -hmm. And then like once we played, it was like dark, a little darker out. So there was no sun. But as we were playing, I can't think of the name, the bar in Asbury Park where Bruce played, what oh. was the name of it? Um, uh, Stone Pony. Right. So at Stone Pony, Pixies were playing outside. Mm. So, you know, after we were done, like, and I was like, oh, I'll just take my drum stuff, put it in my car and drive home, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought I parked much closer to the venue than I did. And I was like super nauseous. I had like <laughs> cymbals, like snare drum, and I'm walking and it's hot. And where's my mind is blasting and I'm just vomiting my brain <laughs> during that song. Like as loud, like as, you know, like I might as well have been at the concert throwing up. That's how loud it was. Oh. So it always sticks in my mind as this like really, you know, remindful song of like what that was like, like being on those stupid bills. But then like you go back and it's like, he really wrote an yeah. amazing song. I read an interview with him about it where like, he's with his wife or whatever and like he's always like noodling around guitar and stuff mm -hmm. and like she never really says anything and he was like playing those like four chords and it was like the first time she was ever like i think you should really work on that oh you know i guess he says it's the song that makes him the most money because like every movie or commercial wants it oh for sure well that so, one in, a little in... cheesy on my part but you know the whole puking in the <laughs> parking lot of asbury park stone pony <laughs> Is what kind of sealed it. That's great. Yeah, I'm just like, and this like beautiful song is blasting so loud. Oh, 
It's funny that his yeah. wife would say that because <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, the hook for me in that song is obviously the vocal melody. Yeah. Right. It's that. And it's like Kim's little, you know, her little backup vocal, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole song is perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a funny story. I'm surprised you actually put that on your list. There's negative connotations associated with that. If that happened to me, I'd probably want to forget about that song. No. Well, you mean, <laughs> you know, it. It's what you said. What is it? Shiver the phone, shins your shingles, your bingles. <laughs> yeah. Makes your skin vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, makes my, it made my skin vibrate. It makes you throw up yeah. when you listen to it. But I hear it and I still think it's like, it's very, very pretty. Even yeah. though it's about him like swimming and like fish are like chasing him around. There's nothing really to it, you know, <laughs> lyrically. Yeah. But uh, sometimes the melody is more important than whatever he's saying. Oh, yeah. It's the vibe, you know, the feel and the vibe. That's it. And my favorite thing about that song, it's it's extremely atmospheric and vibey. And at the very end, yeah. that vocal melody is unaccompanied. Mm-hmm. Just as a little send-off. And it's just, it's perfect. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So that is your list, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. So are you still in touch with Dave? Um, I mean, like, you know, when they come play here, you know, it's like drop an email, like throw us some tickets backstage, see you later. That's great. And he's always cool about it, you know? Yeah. And it's like you snap right back in. To... But yeah, like when he comes to town, we'll email him. And like he, he always drops tickets for us. And like, it's, you know, it's like you start back where you left. That's great. No time's lost. That's awesome. And did you watch that um, What Drives Us movie yet? I, I did. No, I haven't. I haven't seen You should. It's really cool. I saw the uh, documentary he did on Sound City or the uh, yeah. the the Nev board, which was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Great, yeah, that's what we recorded on. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. That was a great documentary. This thing's funny because it's more about like bands. It's all about bands touring in bands. Okay. So he's kind of got everyone in there, but you have to like. If you get this like seven day promo trial from Amazon and then it's like they make it super hard to cancel. <laughs> oh, really? Hmm. But whatever. You can figure it out on your computer. Yeah. But it's a really good, it's a really good documentary. He's got everyone in it. I'll check it out. You know, I, I love that he does all that stuff. I think that's so great. Dude, he's, he's a really good guy and he's super talented and like what he does with his fame and whatever, I think is great. Like he's, yeah. he's doing good things. Oh, he's a true ambassador. In the, in, yeah, the, in the purest totally. sense, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's definitely got his head on straight. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you, man. So keep me posted as to what happens with uh, the band. Sure, of yeah. course. I mean, through Liam or whatever, we'll hang out or we'll do something. Well, when you guys play and the border opens back up, you know I'm in Toronto, I'm coming down there and I'm going to see you guys play. Oh, you're in Toronto? Yeah. Ah, I had no idea. I didn't know you were in Toronto. Yes, sir. Currently unable to visit your country, however... Yeah. And the border gets back. But when, when that's all sorted out, I'll Silly be back border down rules. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he never mentioned you were in Canada. Oh, I have really? a lot of friends in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll eventually visit soon once it's allowed. Yeah, of course. Keep in touch and uh, and get back up here after everything's sorted out. And Of course. You got my number. Here. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, Dave, thanks very much, man. I appreciate this. Anytime. All right. Well, take good care, and uh, I will talk to you yeah. soon. Likewise. Bye-bye. All right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brian Chanson and my very special guest, Mr. Dave Leto. Till next time, folks. Bye.
Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Supper, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.